Hey everyone and welcome to season two of Life, the Mind and Other Shit. We're back again with another 20 episodes to share with you on wisdom, life, the mind and other shit. I'm joined today by two of our amazing coaches, Priya and Samantha. Hi everyone, Samantha here. So glad to be here for an- yet another episode and so excited that we're here for season two. So looking forward to not only this episode, but the next 10 as well. Hey everyone, I'm Priya and I'm so happy to be here for this second episode, um, second season and looking forward to this discussion. Uh, fantastic. It's great to have you both here. Priya, jumping ahead of yourself, ready for episode two. It's fantastic. But yeah, we're here with the series two of Life, the Mind, or the Shit. And we're opening up the season with a question that I think a lot of people might think, but don't really talk about or speak about. Uh, brings a lot of thoughts and, and reflections to mind. But the question for today is, should social media have an age limit? What do we think? So I think absolutely, yes, it does need, we need that measure in place um, because too many of our youngsters are going haywire all over the place using, abusing social media, if I should say. Um, And we need to have that restriction in place. Um, Legally, um, as parents, as guardians, um, to help reinforce that, that, you know, that abuse that there that is going on. So Priya, I'll agree with you to a certain extent. Yes, do I think that social media should have an age limit? Yes, but at the same time, I have to disagree because I see many young people tapping into social media and showing their creative side and connecting with the people and actually changing their perspectives. You know, there used to be a time where we were only influenced by our parents and the people that we were surrounded by in our homes. Now we're influenced by the world. And I think this question does not only refer to young people, but to older people as well. You know, should my gran be on social media? So before we dive further into this discussion, I just want to, Priya, I just want to know, what do you mean by abuse social media? Just so I've got the context. So what I mean by that is that um, when you go on there and you're not using social media for the for the good of it, um, people are creating fake profiles. They are they are approaching people for various reasons. Things are happening that are not you know good. When I'm uh, when I say abusing, that is what I meant. And I think for. Um, for youngsters, like teenagers, they shouldn't be involved in that, in that, um, in those areas, or even exposed to that. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. There is a, a lot of catfishing that goes on on social media, a lot of scams. There is a the huge risk, and you know, I'd say Sam, well. well whilst you said you know it opens us up to the world, we can be influenced by the world. My question is, you know, is the world something we should be influenced by right now? Because whilst there's a lot of good things on social media, I think the majority of what we see is is not great. 
It's uh, again, social media is a tool. Depends how we use it. But I see, you know, young people in particular, and we'll, we'll come on to to the older generation shortly. But with regards to young people, they're exposed to so much. There's so much risk behind all that. So my question is, you know, is the world something we want to be influenced with, or should we just be, you know, at that age, should kids just be kids, playing out, connecting with those close to them, being influenced by those around them, or should they be out there? Looking at, uh, for example, uh, think about TikTok. What happened with TikTok last year? And so we've got lots of kids that are on TikTok. There was that guy in America who committed suicide, who blew his head off, um, and kids seen that because there was no TikTok didn't have the right restrictions, limitations, the the protection needed for that that new social media that's up and coming, and it exposed people to to a lot of trauma or traumatic uh, experience. So if anything about the world is that it can't be avoided. Um, I, you know, I think if we had to focus on the bad in the world, then all of us would stay between our four walls and we would avoid it at all costs. But the other thing I want to bring up, uh, Paul, I get you, you know, with the whole TikTok scenario, I remember reading up on that. But I also, you know, I, I look at older generations, you know, that maybe it wasn't social media, but maybe it was a movie. Maybe it wasn't a movie, but maybe far back it was war. No matter where we are, we're going to be exposed to these negative things. But we have the choice. And that's what's so so important and so vital about social media is that you have the choice as to what you're going to look at. I don't think that social media should have an age limit. I think we should rather train and prepare these children for when they come across these things and how to protect themselves on social media rather than asking them to avoid it. That's like me when I was younger and my family and my mom kept telling me not to smoke, but I tried it anyways. And because she told me not to, I hid it from her. I would rather we teach these children how you know, they're going to get onto social media, you know, just like porn sites have an age limit for 18 year olds. You can't tell me that 13 year olds are not on those sites. We can't stop them, but we can guide them and we can help them protect themselves from those negative things. You made a really good point, Sam, but the question I have, um, is how much, how can we control that? How much control we have over that? You know, like you said, the porn sites over 18. We don't know if a 13-year-old or a 10-year-old or whatever is on there. How we do we have that control or guide them? How many of them are gonna listen and take that guidance? Yeah, but I think that's that Sam's point is that we, we cannot control it. So if we were there to put measures and mitigations in place and educate young people on so the use of social media, then we can make it a safer place for them. Um, but for me, you know, whilst you're using that analogy or that reference there, Sam, you know, porn sites, movies, for me, it's very different to social media because, okay, you're watching, you might get influenced, but you're not going in contact with strangers. You're not exposing yourself to potential bullying. Um, you know, ever since online has happened and social media has happened, one of the reasons suicide's gone up is because of the amount of bullying that happens and the ease of bullies to bully other people. And because they're hiding through a screen, they have the confidence to bully people more. So, you know, these youngsters are exposed to a lot more. 
I'm using peers with the youngsters, these <laughs> younger generations, these kids, the kids are, you know, they're exposed to a lot of risk in terms of bullying and that, that actual contact, you know, there's conversation going, there's a risk that they, they might meet someone offline at, at such a young age, you know, that, where is with porn, as with movies that have violence or whatever, that's just something they see and they might imitate. There's no one there that's going to contact them or, or bring them that risk. So for me, social media is slightly different. And I, I believe there should be an age limit. I'd probably, if I was to put it, maybe 14, 15. Um, anything younger than that, they don't need to be exposed to that sort of thing. Like, and I, what we what we class in social media, like I think, you know, going on and watching YouTube, that's okay. Posting and getting involved in things on, on Facebook, I think is there's a lot of risk there. We've seen the risks on TikTok as well, even though that's quite similar to YouTube. But I don't think they should be able to have an account and post their stuff on there and do that sort of stuff, maybe browse. But then we've got to be careful with browsing as well. Yeah, it's a very complex situation. I think, you know, we're not going to be able to control all of it, you know. But the funny thing, and this is why I say, you know, we should we should teach these kids more about it. And instead of, you know, putting up all these walls and saying, you can't, you can't, you can't, actually show them how bad it can be. And, you know, I cyberbullying is a massive thing. For me, I've been a gamer since I was 12. And my parents weren't really strict about it. I got into these online platforms and there were many nights where I was approached by strangers or where I was bullied or the fact that I was female was a problem. But, you know, I learned what to avoid. And I think that's the only thing that we can do with with these youngsters. And I do agree with you, Paul. I think, you know, certain social media platforms should have an age limit. I think that kids should be emotionally ready for social media. I think that's the biggest difference here. If I look at myself, you know, when I was 13 and 14, I wasn't ready for social media at all. Not even like chat sites, not even like mix it or anything like that. But there's a second, you know, there's always two sides to a story, there's always two sides to a pancake. For me, that's where I found my freedom. I found my freedom in social media. I was this young girl who stayed inside, read her Harry Potter books and never spoke to anybody. But when I was online and I was gaming, I was myself and I, I got to know people. So, you know, it's a catch-22. Yeah, and it's, you know, this is the reason for the discussion. We're not going to pick a topic that is a clear black or white. It's, you know, a gray area. Um, but still, the risk there, and I understand, um, you know, that you found your freedom on social media and, you know, everyone's different in their own ways. Like, for me, I wasn't interested in that. I, I loved playing out on the street with the people. I loved to go play football or do all that sort of stuff. I like to be engaged, play games and things, and was never interested in, in connecting with people online or anything like that. There was a stage maybe when I was 14, 15, uh, MSN was a big one. Um, I think kind of the first social media platform, really, before I even found Facebook. And I think MySpace was another one that came around that, that kind of flopped. But yeah, I remember kind of just chatting to a lot of people on MSN and that was still even a bit dangerous because you get people that were adding you there that was from all around the world that you don't know. Like, and it, it, you know, it does expose you to a lot of risk. Um, but, you know, when we look at this, we've got to think of the, the effects of, you know, meeting wrong people. It's like, where would you allow, and, you know, I can't speak as a parent because I'm not a parent. I don't think any of us are parents here, but I'm just thinking hypothetically as parent and, and thoughts that might go through this, but, 
you know, you, if you allow your children at a young age to go online and browse obviously this big wide world, okay, what's the psychological effects that might have on them if they were to find something bad? And in the physical world, where would you actually allow your children to go? You know, it's like allowing them just to go out into a supermarket on their own or whatever, all these different places, different groups on their own. It's something we wouldn't do physically. So why would we allow that virtually? I really think you made a, a good point there, Paul. Um, and, you know, we can argue about the advantages and the disadvantages of social media. The exposure it gives to us both good and bad, like Sam, you mentioned, um, you know, allowing teenagers to put themselves out there. But um, coming back to Paul's point that, you know, you said as parents, giving them that freedom to be on social media, um, I think very, very, um, you know, risk that parents are taking. I see like under five has a, a phone or an iPad and I see is all what they're doing. It's like swiping up or playing games. It's not social media, but I think you, the four or five year old now, you put them, they know to tap, they know to do this, they know to do that. And I was like really astonished. But um, I think if we're going to allow that to happen as parents, you know, give them that freedom to social media, we have to be conscious of all the effects it's going to have, have on them, both good and bad. Because, you know, Sam, you said um, that guidance, you know, you, it gives you freedom because you didn't, you didn't go out. You were, you were inside with your books. Um, some people... It can really affect them uh, mentally if if they don't have that control, like being inspired in a bad way, because a lot of people are not being their authentic self out there. They're like using the filters, posting things that are not good, and some people can get very um, influenced very quickly. And you know, bullying, as you said, Paul, you know, it can affect your mental health and. I think as not as parents, but parents need to have that um, that conscious decision when they are getting their teenager uh, a mobile because and even having that control, you you don't know what they're doing, you know. Even that you say don't okay, you're not going to go on social media because um, I said so. These kids are smart; they're very smart. They find ways to, you know be in the trend, be updated. See, you validated my point there, Priya, by saying that these kids are smart. But what we have to do is control what we can control. So don't give your five-year-old a phone. What does your five-year-old need a phone for? What do they need a tablet for? Control the things that you can control. Yes, children are vulnerable and they're easily impressioned, but I think the key here is communication. I always had open communication with my mom and trust. And if I ever saw something or I came across something that I was uncomfortable with, I was able to go to my mom and say, listen, I, I'm going to be open and honest with you guys. I remember the first time that I was sent a nude picture via social media. I was absolutely shocked. Never seen a naked man before in my life. Um, but because I had that open communication with my mom, I was able to go to her and say, this person sent me this. 
I don't know what to do. And my mom was shocked and she was quite upset, but she steered me and she said to me, okay, that's the kind of stuff that you have to stay away from. And this is how you can protect yourself. And that made a massive difference for me. And I'm, I'm safe to say that I've never been kidnapped. I've never had anything bad like that happen to me because I was able to, and this isn't with just with social media, it's with everything in general, being able to go to your parents and say, I've come across this, what do I do with it? Yeah, I think that's really valid, Sam. Um, you know, that communication, honesty, and without taking the podcast into parenting, parenting and how we should parent uh, schools, it's, you know, it's a really, really valid point, and I can definitely resonate with that. And I think more widely what that falls into is what you were saying earlier on is that education piece. You know, so for me, it's put it put an age limit on it, 14, 50, whatever, okay, like we have with everything else, drink, um, you know, sex, marriage, um, porn, all that sort of stuff, different movie uh, ratings and things, certifications, but have that education piece behind it. You know, people, we kind of, in the UK, for example, you can't drink till you're 18, but people drink when they're 16, 17 in parks with their friends. They're going to do it. Yes, okay, we cannot control it, but there's education behind why you shouldn't drink alcohol at a young age. There's education why you shouldn't take drugs. There's education on sex. There's all that type of, like, where's the education on social media? how what not to get involved with in social media what the risks of social media are how to use social media in a way that's positive and not negative and what to do if you find yourself in a position of um being bullied or scammed or catfished you know how do you manage all that this this is what needs to be introduced into the world in terms of that, that age so i put an age on it for the young um, and then have that education piece behind it and it'd be nice to see the likes of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all these social media to do that education piece, that, that piece that's going to look after the well-being of people and not just use it as a tool so they can make money and profit from everybody. Yeah, I love the idea of educating people. I absolutely love it. I think it would make a massive difference if these companies, instead of going after money, actually cared about the people that were on those social media platforms. And the other point that I want to make is, for everyone that's listening to this, is with everything, not just this, it always starts with ourselves. We can't expect a change unless we start with ourselves. So when you are on social media, everything that you post, everything that you share, everything that you say, think about it. Who, the person, the next person that sees that post, no matter their age, how is it going to influence them? What impact is it going to make on them? Is it positive? Is it negative? Because I'd rather you add to the world than take away from it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Sam. Uh, we have to be conscious of, you know, when we're posting on whatever platform, reposting and the impact is creating, you know, because at the end of the day, um, whatever we post, um, because social media is the biggest thing now, right? Um, whatever we post is, is going to be there, it's going to impact the young younger generation, is that what we're going to be seeing going forward? So I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, no, and you know, you can look into the posts, your privacy settings, all that sort of stuff. Um, one tip for me, and I want to take the, the conversation in a different direction in a moment. One tip for me is, you know, 
not for kids so much, but or maybe just keep away from strangers that you don't know as kids, but as, as adults, you know, we all have that risk. It's not just kids, but us. And I, I want to move on to the older generation as well, because I know a lot of older generation have a tendency to get scammed because they knew they don't know how the social media works. They're a lot more trusting. They've lived in a different generation. They're, they're more vulnerable to, to getting scammed. And when I speak in that from, from my own family members that have, that don't know what they're doing and they're just getting into the social media. But for me, it's, I always like I get about 20 friend requests a day and there's so many fake accounts out there. And if people start talking, start messaging me, maybe looking for, for coaching or maybe you want to chat or whatever, like one thing is to always have a video call. I will always, before I engage or give energy or anything to it, I want to see that the person behind this profile is the person on the other side of that camera. And nine times out of ten, if you if it's a fake profile, you ask for a video call, they say no, the block, delete, you disappear. So for me, just take that step and have that that courage and it takes a second. Yeah, definitely a great tool. I've done that all the time, even with like online dating and stuff like that, which I know we've had an episode on as well in our first season. Uh, another a tip from me would be this. Google is an amazing tool. Uh, the image search is absolutely fantastic. You take any person's image, put it into the search bar and see what happens and you'll be able to say, you'll be able to tell exactly where that image came from. Um, so yeah, look into your facts and, and like Paul says, you know, <laughs> I think a video call is like the best thing to do and nobody has an excuse not to get onto a video call because every smartphone has a camera, every laptop has a camera and everybody has internet somewhere in the world. So there's no excuse for it at all. Yeah, I agree with both of you, you know, um, I've been there with those, uh, you know, fake accounts and fake persons, and you know them when, when they first send you that message, you really know them. So, um, I don't know, I, I should agree with you guys a little bit and, you know, half and half, it's a two-way um, thing. I didn't know Samantha, I didn't know Paul, I didn't know Dell. Um, I, I didn't think I had I ever had a video call with you guys first. I mean, I think more would be like for uh, when I started off, like I just chatted because I wasn't confident uh, enough to come on camera, but here we are. So I think um, we have to have that conversation build build on it, you know, not just um, be judgmental in that first message, I think, or first few message. And, you know, as soon as someone says something like, uh, you know, weird stuff, you go ahead and block them. Because you never know, uh, someone might be reaching out for support. You can be of help, you can refer them. So um, I like to agree with you um, both half and half there. But yeah, I think we shouldn't do it, um, you know, on the first instant. Okay, so the question you've got to ask yourself there, Priya, which like the, which I just because I have people reaching out for help all the time, um, and I've never met them. But and it's not I don't mean to be selfish when I say this, but why is that my problem? Why are they reaching out to me, and why can't they reach out to someone else? Like I understand, I've had people reach out to me, and I'll engage with them if I posted a video, if I posted and they've commented on what I've done, and they you know they've said something on there. But why do they need to message me privately and ask me for for help? Like if I've had interaction with them, then I'm more likely and more inclined. But if they just send me a friend request, I've never spoke to them in my life, blah, blah. Why does that become my problem? I just, you know, you know, we're here. I don't know you. We've never engaged. And 
I only ever send friend requests to people that I've engaged with through maybe in a group or whatever. I've seen them have a video. I've, we've like had a comment or two exchange comments on a few things. Um, or on a business sense, if I see people as a potential client, and I look to add that as well based on. But again, it comes from interactions. I never, I never add anyone that I haven't had any kind of interaction within a group. So for me, if people are coldly or randomly just adding you without that engagement, what's their intentions behind that? And why is it our problem? So it's one thing to think about because I'm, I'm completely on the fence with, you know, I respect my time, energy, and where I put it. Um, I love to help people, but I, you know, I haven't got time to help everybody. So I need to be really, really selective on where I give my energy to people. So for me, it's, you know, if they're weird, if they're strange, if they're acting unusual, I block them. Like sometimes I don't even spend time checking their profiles. It's just it's you know it's not not for me. So um, yeah, you got to you got to look from your angle and yourself. But just going at the the other end, and, and Sam, you mentioned it. I don't know if there's something. Sorry, did you want to add something there? <laughs> no, I just wanted to say two things quickly. Is one, anyone who's listening to this, Priya is currently not on camera, so she may be catfishing us. We don't know. <laughs> and secondly, like. I agree. I think your biggest tool here is intuition. I always follow that gut feeling of mine tends to be right, like 99% of the time. And um, another thing, Priya, that I have to say in line with, well, not in line with you, but like when I became a part of the Coaching Minds family, I'd never met you, Priya. I'd only ever met Paul and, and Prishani and Adele because I saw them on camera. But there was a grapevine. There was a chain link. Through them, I knew that you were real and I knew that you were a good person. So that's the other way that we can find out is by speaking to mutual friends and speaking to other people. And because other people will be able to tell you whether that person is being fake or not. So that would be another piece of advice from me is to ask other people that might know that person. Yeah, no, and it's, it's a good piece of advice. And we've all met, you know, through mutual people or Priya and I mean, you connected because you've seen me do lives and videos. I've seen you do videos as well. So I know the person behind the profile is who, it, who they say they are. And what you were doing, what I was doing was aligned. So we got together and we we, we did this work on, on wisdom creators. And, you know, that's what I look for. I always, that interaction with them first, not privately, is more important. <laughs> like, if you think about it in a physical context, it's like, inviting someone to your room without talking to them in a bar or somewhere else first, like in a physical context, you would never do that. Like have a public conversation with me first in public before you get into my bedroom, you know, like it's, it's going to be like that. Like think of it and use that analogy. Sam, I see you laugh. No, I'm laughing because like I'm thinking about like my terrible Tinder days. I know how you feel about Tinder, but I'm thinking about those days. I would never sleep with someone <laughs> that I haven't exactly seen, okay? And I wouldn't have a connection with anyone that I haven't seen either because, you know, people can be so scary. And I, I don't know, people, ah, I, I totally agree with you. I would never, ever, that's actually a cool way to look at it. You kind of got me thinking. <laughs> it's a fucked up way to look at it, but it works. Same here, Sam. I'm just thinking about that. Um, but yeah, you guys made some great points. Um, maybe I need to do some reflection on that. But um, I guess um, 
me always like being trying to be helpful and also be conscious yeah you're right um following your intuition um and on really knowing that those people are genuine and they genuinely um need help or whatever the case may be but definitely agree with what you both said yeah no it's sorry uh, to put that analogy out there but it's just for me yeah you you talk people publicly like you want to have a conversation with me why does it need to be private we can have it over comments we can have it you know in in forums and stuff that's where i need to engage with you first like don't just put it straight in my mailbox it's a bit a bit strange so but yeah so but i know what i'm not saying is you know ask yourself the question would i invite the private messages into my bedroom or anything like that like it's <laughs> just an analogy but so taking the, the conversation to the other end of the spectrum so we've talked about the younger generation and everything um but you know the older generation they're very reluctant to go on social media um they when a lot of people that i know that are the kind of older generations that have been on social media have, have i mean a lot of people have been scammed um because maybe that education is maybe better um you know or the younger generations know how to use technology and, and what's out there and the risks but is that there for the older generation and you know should should older generation be on social media what's our thoughts why not i think they they have a right to um and they have so much to give i think um one thing about the older generation is that they are very authentic the uh knowledge the wisdom they have acquired right it can be put to use they can put it out there and inspire our younger generation if i may say so um they need to be on they need to be on social media that's that's my thought I think as long as you're over the age limit that Paul and myself and Priya would put into place or anybody for the fact, I think you should get on social media. I think, uh, but what's scary about it though, like Paul was saying with the scamming and stuff like that is, you know, for, for the three of us here and for some of our listeners, we've grown up around social media. We know how it functions. We know how it works. We've adapted to it. It's kind of natural for us, but for these older people, it's something strange and new. If you think about it, they're like children on social media because they don't know how it works and they become very vulnerable. At the same time, it can be so beautiful for them. You know, I think about like my gran who connected with a guy from high school and they've now been married for about 20 years, you know, because they connected through Facebook when it first started. So, yeah, it, it can be beautiful. But at the same time, I think older people and I, when I say older, I mean like much older, are just as vulnerable as children are. Yeah, no, 100%. If not, probably, yeah, it depends what age you're talking about children, but I'd say they're more vulnerable than, than early teens because, you know, they pick it up, they learn. It's the new world that we live in. And, you know, they've lived, what, 65, 70, 80 years without social media, without, you know, that, that this new interaction and the, the fast-paced change. And I think... One of the reasons why it, it's difficult as well, and I was, you know, we having a conversation yesterday and, you know, we now we live in a more open mindset. The younger generations are more open-minded. We've, our generation and generations kind of after us, they've, they've lived in a life where the change of pace is so fast. You know, you, you, if you're born from the 90s to now, the, the growth that we've had has been huge. 
um, 80s, you know, you, your, your growth was steady from kind of, you know, television and all that sort of stuff to radio into, into the internet world. Um, but, you know, you go as far back as the 40s, 30s, 50s, even probably the 60s, that, that was a slow pace in growth and adapting to change. Um, and, you know, it's difficult to be having that. I can imagine it to be difficult to have that period where this, there's no online virtual world to okay now i've lived my whole life and, and well the majority of my life and now <laughs> there's this whole new era it's hard to for me it'd be hard to learn and grasp but i would say definitely you know it would encourage them to be on there um you know because they can educate us they can share their wisdom their experiences their stories they can help us use social media in a way that is positive if they learn but again they need that education piece you need to give them that education piece on how to use it and how to stay safe yeah, and I think you made a really good point there, Paul. We need to educate them. We need to teach them how to do that. Because, um, you know, as whatever age we're talking about, the older generation, they're all like, right? you know, um, we see they have, in some, in, in, in what I've seen, in some um, ways that they are put aside like okay you've lived your life that is it you your place is in the home care now and they find themselves pretty lonely and i think social media is a way of connecting um our older generation to families that to people that you know they would have uh, spent their younger years with and talking about the wisdom they have you know they can sit and reflect on it but if we um we can, if we encourage them that you know you can share this and i always think that you know the older generation want the best for the younger generation and if they can use what they would have achieved acquired experiences whatever um and and you encourage them that that's a benefit for the younger generation they're definitely be ready to do that i've had experiences where i am teaching 65 62 63 how to use Facebook and they're like, oh my God, can I do this? Can I do that? Yeah. And they're so excited to learn. So I think this, um, it's just a matter of choice, uh, us as younger generation, uh, the younger generation to taking that step and uh, teaching them, you know, and um, educating them, putting it, uh, all of them might not want to be there, but, you know, as us, we need to present it to them. This is what it is, the pros and cons. And, you know, it's their decision if they want to be on it or not. Yeah, I think just like everybody and with everything, everyone should have the opportunity to experience something at least once. And I think social media would actually be a better place if more older people got onto it. <laughs> I think it would kind of reform it in a way. Think about it when you go to your grandparents' house and you don't really swear and you're not really ugly because you kind of behave yourself. <laughs> so it might not be a terrible thing to have more of them. And you know, I've, I've seen some peop older people on like TikTok and Instagram and 9gag and I've even seen some gamers that are like 40, 50, 60 and I absolutely love them. They are a blast. They have so much to give, so much to add and I, I don't know, I find them absolutely hysterical. I have a good giggle. Who doesn't want a grand to twerk on TikTok? I do, of course. <laughs> I think 
think it's absolutely fantastic. You know, why shouldn't they be able to be just as creative and just as expressional as, as we are? They should be able to express themselves just like we do. No, 100%. And, you know, you look at social media now, it's the, it's the way that we learn, you know, especially with the pandemic, everything that's gone on and being online, being through social media, it's the way we learn, the way we grow, the way we connect. And you know, people, the older generations need to see that. And, you know, who's better to teach, who's better to share experiences, life, um, the wisdom, the stories that they have. Which, which we love on social media than the older generations. The stories that they will have, the posts that we can see, the experiences that they've been through, everything that they can share, it, it'd be fantastic to see. You know, it, it tends to be uh, dominated by millennials at the moment um, and people who haven't really lived their lives and, and have stories to, to share because they've been around for, for that long. So I think you know, without the older generation, social media is really losing that. That essence and that, that experience that, that we've lived. Yeah, I also think people don't realize the power that social media does have. You know, I think back to like World War One and World War Two, you know, just those posters and those small notebooks and how they influenced an entire generation. You know, that's how powerful social media is. Social media has become the new poster, the new notebook, the new newspaper. <laughs> You know, so to have those, I think millennials use it more to, you know, post their meals and take selfies and do stuff like that. And they don't realize the actual impact that they can make on the world, the difference that they can make. So, you know, <laughs> they go on there, I think, for, for the wrong reasons. I think each generation uses social media for the wrong reasons. I think older generations sometimes use it because they're lonely. And like I see so many of these older people getting catfished because, you know, their wife has passed away, or their husband's passed away, and they just want that companionship. I see younger people who just go on there for attention, you know, so some people use it for the right reasons and other people don't. And I think it all depends on your maturity. It's not really your age. It's more your maturity and, and where you are in, you know, in your journey in life. Yeah, I agree with you, Sam, you know, the, um, the age limit. Yeah, we can argue on that, but yeah, the maturity. And um, I agree with you, like, we don't know as millennials to what we are creating, like just the selfies. Um, I think one thing that I see very often is that these people are not, you don't know if they're real, like you don't see the real self, real person. You see these beautiful pictures, um, smiling, happy, they're on vacation. And one, you know, one question that comes to mind is, um, is it real? You know, and then there was this video I saw, I can't remember exactly where I saw it, but um, the woman was taking a picture. She posted a picture like she was standing uh, with uh, her boyfriend, like they're on this uh, luxurious vacation. And, and the real thing is that she had this boot, she was standing in front of a boot and I, I don't know how did it, they did it, but she just, and it, it looked so real that she was there with her boyfriend and it wasn't. So I think um, with the older generation, I think they're, real, they're, they're very authentic. They, they don't, don't care if, if they don't have one or whatever they're saying, they're just gonna put it out there. Um, from what I've experienced, um, 
And I think that's the vibration. I, I agree with you, Priya. I think older people are more authentic. You know, Paul, you're always talking about self-love and how everything's become so self-centered. I feel like social media is creating a lot of entitled and self-absorbed people. And they're mo more focused on themselves than anything else. And um, like you say, Priya, a lot of people, you know, they're creating these these fake lives and stuff like that. And the other thing I've noticed, I think, Paul, I think you posted something about this on your Instagram story the other day. It was a gentleman, and he was helping people on the side of the sidewalk, and he was recording himself doing it, or he was taking a picture of it. Kevin, do you remember that post of yours? Like That's yeah, become no, another problem, where, where people are getting involved in charities and stuff like that, and they're just posting it absolutely everywhere just for the attention of it. Yeah, no, it was a post I did the other day along with a few other pictures uh, just to express and ask people to be honest with themselves and, and how they're using the internet and the way the world is right now. And a lot of us are burying ourselves in our own egos and our own profiles that we're actually failing to see what we're doing and the impact that we're actually having on human connections. So whilst, you know, social media brings us together, it is actually impacting the way in which we communicate with each other. Um, you know, you people are focused more on building a profile and a personality. We contact and talk to people more through our fingers and text than we do through our voices. You know, you talk to people more through your fingers than you do your mouth. How crazy is that? When you think about that, it's insane. You know, we don't talk a lot to people anymore. And one of the things it does, you know, this concept of ghosting, only exists because of social media. <laughs> you talk to people through social media, then they just disappear, block you up everything out of your life as if they weren't part of yours. And the reason why this is happening is because we've lost communication. Communication skills now, okay, we can communicate as quick as possible to whoever we want, but the communication skills that we hold are the worst they've probably ever been in the history of man because we don't know how to communicate anymore. And when we have to have those tough conversations where we don't want to be with someone, something's not working out, then it's easy just to block them, disappear without having that tough conversation. You don't have to have that conversation, which is so bad. It's really bad. Um, and, you know, this is the risks that we've got to think about social media when we're encouraged, you know, going back to the conversation with children being on there, they're, they're going to lose that communication. They're going to lose the way in which they can actually interact with other human beings. We've got to be careful with everything online. And, you know, it's very different having a Facebook, a video call or a Zoom get together because your community, you've still got those communication skills. But so many of us will sit behind the screen and just use messaging because we don't want to step forward and have those video calls. We want to have that um, conversation with other people. We'll hide behind the camera because we you know we're not. Maybe it's because our pictures that we put up on there on you know they're in our best moments and we don't look so good so we hide behind the camera. We're not happy being authentic ourselves. We want to be the best version of us, and that's all we want to pay post on social media. We want to see everyone, see how happy our profile's gonna be good, it's gonna be big. It promotes competition. Again, that's not good for children neither. Um, and you know, this sort of stuff can be educated by the older generations if they were to step on social media. You don't, you know, the, the authenticity you see, just be yourself. You don't need to, how many old people do you see really trying to get a good camera angle and really put a really good picture where they look so beautiful or make sure that everything they say is like, they're just themselves. And that's where we can learn from and just be ourselves on social media, connect because it's a tool. 
And it's a powerful tool if we use it in the right way to bring people together, to inspire people, to have those connections, to create events. When we hit things like a pandemic, to bring people together and have those interactions over video, we can use it. We really can. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, sorry, Priya, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> uh, sorry, Sam. I just think the older generation is real authentic shit. And that's where our younger generation need to take example from. Um, be yourself. Um, if you want to, whatever, if you want to put a, your food out there, your face with your food, whatever, put it out there. But just, you know, be yourself. You, you're not... Um, in competition with anybody you know don't pretend to be somebody else um and i just want us to add that sam but you can go ahead thank you priya like you bring up a valid point as well i just want to go back to what paul was saying because i think it's so profound you know the whole blocking thing and ghosting thing you know we're, we're teaching kids that if you get into a conference in, into a confrontation with someone or if you don't like someone you just block them you know, instead of actually dealing with the situation and trying to come to a compromise and trying to get to know that person, actually solve the problem. We're teaching these kids to run away from their problems. Oh, I'll just block this person because I don't like what they said or whatever the case may be. We shouldn't be doing that, you know, along with, with teaching kids that, oh, my face is my value. You know, what I look like it determines my success. And I, I absolutely dislike that. I think one of the terrible things that you can teach a kid is that what they look like determines the value or how successful they're going to be. And, you know, Priya, the reason why I brought up the whole like taking pictures of your food thing is because I actually did an experiment with myself the once where I tried getting into that trend and I realized that when I took those pictures, I wasn't actually experiencing the meal in front of me. So when we're so attached to our phones and we're so reliant on social media and the likes and so on and so forth, especially as young people, because, you know, when we're young, we just want to be liked and accepted. And I think that's why young people get involved in social media. But when we do that, what we realize is that we're not living in the moment. We're not experiencing life. We're just taking pictures and posting them. And I can agree with that, Sam. Um, in you know, I don't know if social media's. I think social media's got the the it's caused a lot as well because not just you know food and everything. But what I see a lot when I travel is people just go to places just to get the picture, put it on social media, and don't actually spend the time to really absorb and experience and be present to where they are. Um, you know, I post things on social media. I, I I put there's a lot of stuff I do that I don't post on social media because okay in terms of building yourself up and, and a brand and all that sort of stuff and what we do in the work here it's nice for people to know who you are and experience and connect with people but it's not the first thing on my mind and i really want to experience where i am what i'm doing all that sort of stuff and then i take a picture from a memory and if i have that memory i'm happy to share it with the world but it's not my first instinct so people's first intentions i need to get this for social media i need to do this for social media this needs to be on social media i need to show everyone that i'm doing this no you just need to enjoy it, capture memory, and if you want to share that memory with the world, share the memory with the world. It's nice. But please have it at the forefront of your mind to be present. And just going back to the ghosting thing, I want to just clear it up what we're talking about here in terms of ghosting and blocking people. We're not talking about you meet someone for a few days, you have a conversation, they're a bit weird, you block them. We're talking about where you actually build a 
connection with someone over a period of time, three to six months, a year, and then, you know, it's not working, you don't like it, so you block and delete them because you can't have that conversation. Think about the emotional abuse that you're going to cause on that other person as well. The, the what, what, you know, they just, and this is going to spark insecurity and it's just going to create cycles of insecurity through people and generations through social media. So for me, and it's, it's a tool, but it's a dangerous tool. And the education piece from today's discussion is the most important for me, whether it's the older generation or whether it's the younger generation. Yeah, I agree with you, Paul. Um, that ghosting thing is a huge one. Um, and you know, that guidance come back into play um, because not many of us would understand that um, or in that state of mind to, to deal with that situation, especially when being ghosted. Um, I really do think that, you know, as you know, we were talking about younger generation earlier, they don't need to go through that. They don't need to go through um, ghosting at an early age because that's what is going to shape them, can really affect them, their mental health. And um, we have to be conscious of what we're creating. Yeah, I agree with you both there. I think we need to be very, very conscious. And at the same time, like <laughs> we keep getting back to this point, but yeah, social media can be used as an educational tool and, and we should try and make it a positive place. And I think when, when you, you know, when you get a profile on any social media platform, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, a dating site, whatever the case may be, think of it as your birth. <laughs> you know you now you've now started a new life how are you going to live your life on social media what is your legacy going to be and exactly and the important thing is to make it authentic you know we talked about fake profiles earlier on and you know when we think about fake profiles we think about people using other people's pictures pretending to be who they're not to be but so many people are pretending to be who they're not even using their own pictures so, you know, you might be creating your own fake profile and it might not be the real you because you social media is a tool that people are using to portray who they want to be or what they want others to see rather than who they actually are. And for me, it's so important that, you know, when you do that, you're creating a massive wedge between your true authentic self and who you want others to to see you as and it's going to cause a massive friction in you as a person in the long term it's going to have mental effects on you um and it's going to get you into a dark place so you know when you do create your profile and as sam says think about the legacy you want to create just be authentic and be yourself it's the best you can be and you live a happy life through social media yeah, and if you're being authentic and you're being yourself, then you're going to attract people that actually go along with your values and stuff like that. We sit there and we constantly ask ourselves, why are we getting bullied or why do we constantly have these terrible people, you know, liking our stuff or getting involved in our profiles? And it's kind of because we attract it, we put it out there sometimes. So I think the best thing to do is put out there what you want back. You know, if you want something positive, if you if you want people to come back with positive energy and, and give it back to you, then put it out there and be authentic because then you'll attract authentic people. You won't attract catfishes. You won't attract 
you won't attract people that are going to ghost you because you're just being yourself and and that's the best thing to be and it is the easiest thing to be actually if you think about it. it's far easier to just take a picture of yourself and add 20 filters to it that takes long <laughs> putting makeup on and doing your hair fuck that shit just be yourself exactly but the other thing to add there sam as well is that when you're authentic and the more authentic you are and your natural self, it's so much easier to pick up the people who aren't. You can see it. It becomes so much more clearer. But when you're trying to be someone else, you can't see or tell whether somebody else is trying to be someone else. And you get caught in this cycle, this whirlwind of just fake chaos. <laughs> I agree with both of you and Sam. You hit the nail on the head. Um, I really think, yeah. We just be be ourselves, um, you know, and like you said, you what you be is that what you will attract. Um, in some cases, you know, it might happen the other way, but at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself that question. You know, like, are you living a dual dual personality because you're being, you know, creating this personality on uh, social media or online, if I should say, and then you're then you're when you're off, you're living uh, another personality, then we have to, um, you know, really be aware of that and the impact you're creating, not on others alone, but yourself. Because that's difficult. That's really difficult. And I think, yeah, some really great points. Yeah, like it's just... I, I, when I think about people that do this, it must be such hard work because the funny thing about lying is that you can never just lie once. Once you lie once, you have to lie to protect that lie and lie and lie and lie. And eventually you've got to have one hell of a memory to remember the first lie. And that's kind of where you'll catch people as well is they'll lie, 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 and eventually they just can't protect it anymore and they can't hide it anymore. And it's such hard work, you know, rather just be honest and be yourself and you don't have to do any of that. You, you'll never have to lie. You'll never have to remember a lie. And best of all, when you finally meet these people in person after you've had that video call that Paul has told you that you can have with these people, it'll be the easiest thing in the world. It'll be like that camera was never there, like that distance was never there, and you'll have the exact same connection. Yeah, no, 100%. So just to bring the discussion to a bit of a close, um, in a couple of sentences, paragraph, whatever, um, what do we think? Does social should social media have an age limit? That'll be a big yes for me, especially for our youngsters. Um, we have we need that control, that restriction in place. I say yes. Uh, we should have that restriction in place, but at the same time, we can't control everything. So let's learn to not only educate these youngsters, but everybody in general, no matter their age, no matter the color of their skin, no matter their education, let's educate everybody because it's not only young people or old people that can use social media in a bad way. <laughs> We've seen some other people do it as well, no matter their age. So we need to guide people and make sure that when you're on a social media platform that you put some positivity in the world and that will automatically give everyone else permission to do the same.
I agree with you both. You've kind of summed it up quite nicely, the, today's discussion. I think the only thing I would add is, you know, that education piece, as you said, Sam, needs to be across the board, no matter what age you are. Um, and I think it's about time schools step up and do more for the younger generations. But the likes of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they educate the older generations and anybody on social media on how to use it, how to stay safe. Now, how amazing would it be if you could go on Facebook, go into the settings, and there's a mini course, a set of videos that say how to be safe on Facebook, how to use Facebook in a way that's going to keep you safe, how to protect yourself, things that we don't see any of that. And these companies need to step forth and really share videos like that to protect their users. Um, sorry if there is one of them. I've not seen it myself. So if it's out there, apologies to Facebook and Mark. Coming soon, coming soon to the Coaching Minds Hub social media mini courses watch for it <laughs> thank you sam cool but now people need to step forward so um if you're tuned in if you're listening to this um please let us know your thoughts and your comments you can put them on the anchor messages below if you're watching this in our hub you can put it in the comments box below and communicate with us we'd love to hear your thoughts if you want to be featured on a webinar if you want to discuss this with us in detail if you have expertise or you're really interested in this topic, then drop us an email at thehub at coachingminds.co.uk. That's thehub at coachingminds.co.uk. And we look to hold this session with you, get in to hear your experience, your views on whether or not social media should have an age limit. I just want to say a huge thank you to both Priya and Sam for a really great discussion. If you want to connect with them, you can find them in our hub. The link is in the, the box below. Um, and yeah, so huge thank you, Priya Sam. Really, really good discussion today. Thank you both as well. It has been a really good discussion. Yeah, fantastic start to season two. I can't wait to see what we come up with in the next nine episodes. So thank you very much.